Okay. Hi everyone, welcome back and glad you can join me again. I am Nikki Dare, your host in this podcast brought to you by I Dare, home for safety and survival and disaster preparedness. As you already may already know that disasters come in different forms. And we have been discussing in both um, that of caused by natural weather, natural disasters, act of God, as well as the man-made threats, such as namely terrorist attacks, acts of massacre, shooting tragedies. Most, if not all, are unfortunately unavoidable. All right, so with heavy hearts, this time again, here we are with another horrific tragedy that just took place about 24 hours ago the Las Vegas massacre, in discriminating mass murder in history here in our homeland. If I'm a bit emotional, I apologize because I'm speaking about humanity right now. I'm just so speechless about this just tragic, tragic. It's a very sad, sad deal. I know we have been tailing off with all of these past massacre shootings, tragic incidents such as um, I think we talk about the bridge attack in London and um, the massacre shooting in I think the concert that we we um, we discuss as well, Ariana Grande concert. You name it, we are always on this. I'm very baffled at this time, speechless to the point where one word, why? We are already on the 24 hours later after this incident. As we are speaking right now, the investigators still are struggling with a very chilling but uh, baffling array of clues in the wake of this deadliest mass shooting in the history. So this is what we do know so far in this massacre. 22,000 people at open space concert in Las Vegas Strip, uh, Rope 91. 64-year-old shooter from a 32nd floor at Mandalay Bay. About 1,000 feet away, um, angle shooting towards the open space. I, I, I'm not quite sure on this. I think we're going to discuss this a little bit, a little bit later, shortly. Uh, because I thought I heard 400 feet by looking at the map um, from CNN News this morning when I saw it really briefly. We'll get back to this shortly. And he was found dead by the time Metro and SWAT guys kicked the door. Uh, they found with 23 guns aside by his dead body. Fatalities count. As of this morning, death toll rises to 59 dead. And 527 injured suffer from mainly gunshots to stampede injuries. I, we're going to talk about this and cover this a little bit, a little bit shortly. More on the shooter. As the investigators fast-moving, gathering more information on him, he lives in this house, retirement community, located in northern Nevada in Mesquite, Mesquite Nevada. And authorities found 19 additional farms, explosive and some 1,000 rounds ammunition, I believe. I don't know the exact, the exact numbers, but around that much, just made it. More like the way they describe as plethora of ammunition. And this dude doesn't have any criminal records. And by the way, he was a CPA, retired. So here with me, I am bringing back Mr. David Gray, the owner of Demas Security International, specializing in security protection services. He and his crew just recently took on a security services, services job for our local government in Bangkok and had worked relentlessly with public events projects such as this one, public concerts alike. So... I think it's just fair to say that I, you know, he would be the right person to talk about on his expertise line in the industry. So I would like to discuss his tragedy with him for his hands-on experiences um, from the point of view in security services. You know, perhaps we can learn uh, a few things from him. Myself, as a certified firearms instructor, 
RSO and a CERT member, my foremost priority is finding ways, basically, and solutions in how to save lives. Um, if we can avoid these life-threatening situations to others, I would like to talk about and address together. So, you know, I mean, <laughs> there's a saying, we're all in this together, folks. And I just want to just, you know, repeat that again and again. All right, let's get started. How are you doing? <laughs> thank you for coming on to the uh, show again. I'm grateful. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Thank yeah. you for having me. Oh, likewise. Again. Right. Uh, let's dive into this. Um, it seems that every details lead to this indiscriminate mass, uh, mass murder meticulously planned. It's all planned out, you know, from how he chose the strategic room location, the suite location overlooking the festival, the huge barrage of weapons plus their stacked loaded magazine. You saw some pictures on it. I saw it too. It's everywhere on the online right now. Must have been thousands of rounds of ammunition, you know, laying around there in his suite. Plus the ingredients of explosives inside his car and home. Um, it, it, they're all what, what was found, you know, by the authorities. As well as the surveillance cameras. I learned that too. That he mounted in the hallway. He even outfitted his 12 rifles with a legal device. Um, I want to mention about this legal device known as bump fire stock, which enables him to fire bullets rapidly, you know, similar to an automatic rifle, I guess. So here's while well, we're talking about that bump fire stock, because I, I, you know, this information was floating around online. I, I, I want to, uh, you know, give you guys insert this my three cents. This terminology may be misleading, you know, when I was reading this. To many who are not familiar with this weapon system, which is a lot, which is many, many of them, right? Many people. This does not change the weapon in any way. Correct me if I'm wrong. It manages... And it's not illegal. I'm sorry, say what? And it's not illegal. Right, exactly. And it manages the recoil uh, that assists the trigger pull a little bit faster than the normal trigger pull, right? It does not change the weapon's internal mechanics at all. So additionally, with some of the response by many suggest that automatic weapon system also, well, automatic weapon is defined as a select fire weapon system, right? When there is a selector switch, right? Used to make the weapon to fire fully automatically, fully auto, basically, where one pull of the trigger will fire holding it down with you know, will fire eventually multiple rounds. That's why they call it fully auto. On the other hand, the semi-auto is where you pull the trigger to fire only one round. Not the same. Big difference. Huge difference. So I just want to, I just want to clarify that because a lot of people are saying, oh my gosh, you know, this is, no, there's a huge difference. So what do you think? Well, when I listened, as I told you in in our earlier calls, when when I listened to the audio, of the videos that people had recorded from the event as it was happening, I, I knew instantly it was not fully automatic fire. It, it was rapid fire from a semi-automatic weapon. Right. Because the the, the sound of the weapon is when a full auto a full auto weapon is yeah, it would go like burst and burst and burst. Correct. And it's, and it's, first, let me say this, above and beyond anything that he had in the room and what he had planned in advance and how he set everything up, first, we need to address some of the massive 
failures on the part of the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department. I agree completely. There is got to be a safety measurements or precautions. The hotel itself and the, the event coordinator management and the metro can consider to take for public safety. Like, hey, you know what? Where is, is there any evacuation route? You know, consider that. Is there, uh, start all over again. Okay, How about emergency so, disaster preparedness plan? When, when we plan security for major events, one of, when, when we cover the, the, whole, the security for the whole event um, here, one of the things that we're concerned with is acts of terrorism, uh, mass shootings, gang violence, these kind of things. So we, we look at the ability for people to have a higher vantage point over the, the crowd to where they can shoot or throw things, right? Right. Um, and we put people in those positions or near those positions to where they can monitor those areas to ensure that something like that is not happening and someone's not setting up for that. For the last 15 or 20 years, it has been pretty much standard operating procedure for mass events, sporting events, uh, anything that involves a large crowd inside an area surrounded by elevated positions to have police, SWAT teams, sniper teams, observation teams, up on elevated positions, looking down onto the crowd and looking at the surrounding buildings for anyone who is shooting or setting up to shoot into the crowd. Okay? Right. For some reason, this did not seem to have happened at, at this concert. There are 22,000 people. Should have, should have been set up. Should, there should have been a team in Mandalay Bay. Right. There, there should have been, been a, a ratio. Either on the rooftop or on one of the higher level floors observing observing the crowd from there. What, what, what my point by bringing out there's 22,000 people, I merely saying that, look, if, if there's going to be 22,000 people, how many of you out there on the ground or, like you said, elevated, um, you know, uh, locations uh, for protection? of the public safety. Um, that's what I'm trying to say. I mean, is there one? I, I, I don't know. I mean, should we reevaluate there's, there's a lot of places around there that they could have set up uh, the second on the second tower of Mandalay Bay, right? There's two towers at Mandalay Bay. Right, there. So on the second tower of Mandalay Bay, they could have set up uh, an observation post to, to look for shooters, to look for problems. They could have set up something at Luxor. They could have set up something down the street at the at the, the next available high point. Any high point that can look look out over the crowd and look at the surrounding buildings. There should have been teams set up for this already. And if they didn't do it, it would be extremely unusual. Because I, I remember being in Las Vegas for New Year's in 2007, 2008, and 2009. Okay. Uh, sorry, 2007-2008. And they had police lined up along the streets. Motorcycle police, bicycle police, horse-mounted police lined up at all the major intersections. They had uh, little tents set up with police there where you can go and you can report things. Uh, you can look for your lost relatives. There were meeting points. Then 
friends of mine who worked on the Las Vegas Police Department were telling me, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm the designated shooter this year. I'm on top of this. I'm on top of that building, blah, 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 blah. Right? And sometimes I found out after it happened, but I knew that they were there. So if they were doing it way back then, 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Why are they, why are they when, when the, the threat level was much lower 10 years ago than it is now, why are they not doing it? Why are they not doing it now? And so for, for me, when I hear that it took 20 minutes for the police to get to Mandalay Bay, uh, and get up long. to the room. That's ridiculous. That's because there should long. have been a team. There should have been a team already in the building. Right. And they should have already been. There should have already been on the higher level floors. Right. As an observation post, it should have been which floor? Oh, thirty second floor. Okay, we're there. We're set. We're ready to go. Uh, let's let's start to put together our, our plan of action. Let's stack up on a door, breach a door, and go in and do do what we gotta do. Let's bring you back a little bit, though. Uh, back up a little bit. We can we can elaborate more on that um, the, about the shooter. You know how he set it up. You know, set up the camera surveillance for himself. Um, and yeah. then I, I I believe you know I think it's an inside job. Um, you know, it's an organized group. I believe this because it 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 just doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. This guy. It doesn't add up if, if, if the media or um, all of these things that, you know, already give us alert that says well, it took one shooter to do the, this whole damage. I don't buy that. I just don't buy it. Now, we, we, we know he's got a camera surveillance on, on the hall, hallway on his you know floor. That's for him to see if there's anybody like coming towards his door. Right. But when you really look at the crime scene in his room, Everything is just so staged, you know. I mean, can it be like maybe he's working together, the inside job? I mean, I'm talking about this is so sophisticated, you know, by one guy that did all of this and nobody knows about it. It just doesn't add up. So my take is that, you know, we, well, we, we go ahead. There, there are a lot of things that are not going to add up. And I, I don't want to get into... Uh, I don't want to get into conspiracy theories at this point, and and into into what other people think has happened. Um, but uh, what I what I will say is, <clears throat> look, if if he did this, yeah, it was planned. If someone else did this, it was definitely planned. Okay, so there is a level of planning that, that went into it, no matter what anyone says. Okay. No matter if there's one shooter or two shooters, uh, there's definitely the planning that went into it. And, it. and it could have been months long. It could have been weeks long planning that um, went into it. You have several factors that come into play here. Okay, First, I, I, I know most people don't know a lot about high-angle shooting. Okay? If you don't know anything about high-angle shooting, go on, go on the Internet and look up high-angle shooting. It's quite complicated. It's right. not as easy as pointing a rifle out the window, right. looking through the sights and pulling the trigger. Right. There are a lot of factors in effect. Wind, gravity, right. mm -hmm. distance. Mm -hmm. okay. He's 432 feet from the nearest side of the concert event. So then add several hundred feet into the concert event. 
was it a 400 so, feet or was that a thousand um I, i'm just looking at the map right now i'm trying to figure right. out what they're saying uh, i think it's 432 meters 432 meters, meters. right yeah. the angle right from the meters. angle the angle from the okay. 32nd floor to the uh, yeah. yeah okay sorry i'm in thailand i've gotten used to saying meters instead of yards yards right so, but, <laughs> yards but, 432 yards and for for non-experienced shooters that don't have a lot of practice right. in high angle shooting, <laughs> right. that's difficult. That's a difficult shot. But yeah, remember, he was spraying. But he remember, spraying, he was spraying. He's not. He can't, he's, he yeah, can't he's see not where his bullets are hitting from there. Yeah. Okay. And unless he's got a sixty magnification scope on his gun, <laughs> dial it up. He can't. Right. He can't see where the unless he's shooting tracer rounds. He can't see where those where those rounds are hitting. Right. So he has he has to know. Okay, if I aim here, and if my target's here, I need to aim above. But he and wasn't aiming though; my, he was just spraying. Just yeah. my wind vision elevation. But he was he was just spraying though. He's not even aiming. This guy. Right, right. But even even to spray and hit the crowd from from that distance, if you if you look at some of the photos from Mandalay Bay of the concert area. The people down there would look like ants. Yeah, they do so like bugs. Yeah, it's got to be a scoped weapon to even see down there. And this guy wore glasses. <clears throat> and this guy doesn't have any tactical background too. I mean, this guy just decided, okay, I'm I'm just gonna grab about twenty something rifles today, or twenty long guns, or whatever firepower today, an explosive, and start spraying. He has no tactical background. I mean, firearms background. He he doesn't go training. And then he, he knows all of this stuff. That That's Look, the part that it doesn't shooting, add up. I, I need to say this. High angle shooting is difficult enough that most professional snipers, military, law enforcement snipers, do not like to shoot above the second to sixth floor and definitely not higher than the tenth yeah, the floor. Ten, right. This guy was three times above the tenth floor. Okay? So... That tells you how difficult high angle shooting is. Yeah. And so for for this guy to pull that off, even with a, uh, a semi-automatic rifle with bump fire conversion, that even makes it more difficult. Exactly. Right. It just doesn't add yeah. up. You know how does it? How did he so, do it? Um, Damaging anyway. five hundred and something. I think. Uh, yeah, it's about five hundred and something injured. Okay. A lot of people just freeze frame and don't know where it came from, you know. But okay, for so, me, a lot of this just doesn't it, it doesn't make sense. Doesn't matter. Okay. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense. This guy's been in that hotel multiple times before, which would give him some understanding of how it was set up and how it worked. This Mandalay that that suite in Mandalay Bay is not a cheap suite. It's huge. It's massive. There's there's someone who posted a video from uh, several months before when they got they they got upgraded, uh, they got comped that right. exact suite, and they did a walkthrough of that suite. Yeah, it is and huge. So we stay there, right? It's massive. Okay, and the windows don't open, so you can't just open the window. You have to either you have to shoot them, which they're. It, if standard windows on this build on this type of building are like an inch and a half, two inch thick, uh, 
uh, storm glass. Okay, so they're meant to stop projectiles fired from uh, or propelled by high high speed winds. So rocks and and dirt and and sticks and things that could be picked up by a dust devil or a tornado or something like that. So they're they're very stout windows. They're not you know your little flimsy house windows. So he would have to just to shoot, just to get the windows to break. He would have to fire 10, 15 rounds into it to smash it out. I thought you uh, also to to yeah. I thought you also use a hammer or something like that, uh, a tool. Yeah, you would have you. Well, okay, a, a hammer itself, I wouldn't work. You would need to penetrate the glass. Yeah, yeah. You after he shot, probably. Yeah, try to get to get more space around it. I, I can I can tell you a story. A, a very long story, but uh, where I ended up uh, hanging over the side of a building for several hours, uh, six floors up, trying to break glass with my feet to save my own life. And my body weight swinging at full speed from 20 feet away from that window wouldn't break the glass. Okay, so that's how that's how strong they are. I know that they can they could stop a 200 pound man swinging at them. And, 40, 40 miles an hour, um, and so you have to shoot through the glass and then smash it out with something else. Right. Um, that, that, that's it, what exactly what he did. Probably, most likely, that's what he did. Right. Um, right. All right. So let's talk about some of the. Uh, you know, we kind of touched touch a little bit a while ago. Um, some of the safety measurements. I mean, you know, we we we. I want to mention about. The emergency preparedness plan. I mean, you already kind of, kind of go over it, glossy it a little bit a while ago. Now that, now that it's out there, this is worldwide now news. Um, everybody knows. I mean, the bad guys unfortunately know that. Well, if one hotel doesn't have the emergency preparedness plan in place, then meaning that the rest of the hotels in Las Vegas don't have it. Um, what do you think about that? I mean, coming from you know, what you have been experience on i mean servicing all of these kind of hotels before the events public events that you've done you know yeah well um actually to, to be perfectly honest most hotels uh and, and venues are not as prepared as they should be um and and while they have cctv and they have security and all of that kind of thing people you know the human element of of the security program typically will get complacent after working there for, you know, three, six months and nothing happening right. you know, a year and nothing happening. So it's going to so get complacent. Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can imagine that. But, well, here's the thing. I mean, is this going to give everybody a reaction though? I mean, people are going to say, I mean, the oh, yeah, for sure. I, I guarantee you, every one of the artists that was at that concert, the next event that they have, they're going to up their security levels considerably, okay. and they're going to they're going to put it on the organizer and the promoter uh, in a in a very big way, and right. to work with the police, work with the security agencies to, to up their security profile. And so, <clears throat> what we're trying to you say, noticed, you noticed, you noticed that the performers were almost the first ones out of the area. They were off that stage pretty quick. Yeah. Before yeah. everyone else had a clue what was going on, and I think that's in large part due to the security they brought with them, not the police. To the security they brought with them said, "This isn't right. Something's wrong. Shut it down. Let's go right it, now." Yeah. I mean, he, he even announced that too the day after, and he goes, "I, 
you know, myself and my crew were, were okay. I mean, that was just a ca- kind of routine check for them. If something goes wrong, this is what you should do. Now, um, let's look at the map. Let's look at the venue. Let's look at how the open space. There's no way. I mean, the only way that people, something like this happen, the only way that those 22,000 people would do is just duck and getting into position like that, right? Get into a lay down position, but this is coming from a very high above. So what I'm trying to say here is that there's no other other evacuation right. Forget evacuation right. There's none. There's zero. Correct. Well, when like I like I said before, when I walk into an event, into into any kind of event, one of the first, first things I'm looking for is the exits. Where are my exits? How can I get out? Which what's the path of least resistance to get out of this place? Right. Right. And, and, you know, with my military background, another thing I look for is cover. Cover, Where can right. I go where I can get protection from, right. from, from weapons or from, uh, you know, people, right? Right. Um, if, there's, if there's a big fight and I got my family with me, I'm taking my family somewhere. The fastest route to a safe place to get them out of but will this when, change? When I saw, uh-huh. What I saw a lot of people doing in the videos was we don't know what's going on. Yeah. Freeze in place. Freeze in place. Adapt to the ground. Right, exactly. That's what they do. And right. then follow the herd, basically. Follow everybody else yeah, or well, just freeze frame. And, and that creates that creates a problem. Now, now, instead of being one small little ant moving along the ground for this shooter from the 32nd floor, now you're a very large group target. Right. So it's much easier for him to hit you. And if you're just laying there on the ground, you're stationary, and you're in a huddle, you're in a huddle of a hundred people. You're basically a giant pincushion, and he's just throwing throwing pins at you and seeing if he can stick you. Right. Will this change a little bit? Um, will this change a, in a next level of of how? As as I'm listening to this, um, I'm thinking out loud in my head that. Perhaps we need to reevaluate. Of course, we're going to reevaluate this. I mean, you know, all of these hotel owners and, and, and event event um, event uh, promoters and everything. They're going to sit down and going to say, you know, security first, safety first, to the public and also for our crew, right? But would it be good also to give? Um, it's just a thought. It's just an idea to give a safety briefing to the public as well, not just for the crew, uh, but for the public. Evacuation well, we, we exits airlines, here. Don't we? Sorry, say. We do that on airlines. Exactly. We? Should we do something like that? Will this change the way that they're gonna think about yeah, the events? I've, I've been pushing for that for years um, for event coordinators that you have that time where everybody's coming in and they're sitting down at the venue and they're they're finding their seats and right. they're waiting for the. That's the a perfect timing. That's a perfect timing. To, to start. During right. that time, they should be saying, they should be putting up a, a nice presentation, exactly. or video presentation. Anything. Saying, hey, look, your emergency exits are here. Your first aid stations are That's here. That's right. Police stations are here. Um, if you are in this area, please follow this route. If you're in this seating exactly. area, please follow this route. Some, some short, we, brief. We've been trying to get event organizers to, to do that here in Asia for five years. And it, so far, it's like they say, no, we don't have 
it's, a, it's, it's really a cheap insurance presentation like that. It's really briefing, you know. It's just like an airplane, right. like you said, you know, safety. This is what's going to happen if something happened like this, if and when. Um, these are your exits, these are your emergency exits, and then you all need to go this way. That is really, really, really common sense. I mean, you know, so yeah. people, um, before, before the event starts, obviously, you know. I, I was uh, attending events in, here in, in Bangkok that had um, 20, around 20,000 people, and it's all single level inside a, a convention center. And when the event took a break halfway through the day uh, or through the show, everybody just got up and mobbed it towards the doors. Okay, so then you ended up with a 10-minute queue to get out of the place. <laughs> right. To go to the toilet and go eat something and da-da-da-da-da. Right. And then you had to come back, right, during the intermission. So uh, at that point, I'm just sitting here thinking, wow, if I was if I was a bad guy and I dropped a backpack bomb at, in the trash can next to the door, I would just wait for them to, start, to sound the exit, yeah. you know, for people to exit and then just blow you up. But... At the same time, I'm saying, look, they should have a presentation and say, hey, look, these rows exit first. You know, this row A through E exit first on this this door. And then, you know, each row, each set of rows, five to ten rows of, of seating on the main floor exit at a time. And wait for the ushers to tell you that you're able to go. And then you have some, some ushers there to kind of control the flow of traffic or you have security there to control the flow of traffic and tell people, look, it's not your turn. You have to wait until these people are out the door. You know, like what we see what we see in some movies and Star Trek, Star Wars. When there is an emergency, everything blow up in the ship. I mean, you know, there's gonna be an automatic um, you know, voice automated automated um uh emergency uh, instruction yeah. where to go how to do it yeah. and everything like this, you know? And yeah. then, you know, push and the button here exactly and there. Right. I think that's, that's what we need. Well. Right. Um, but what we saw in the videos was everybody running. Yeah, because there's jumping, no instruction. Jumping over the barricades, jumping over the walls. Right, there's no instruction. There's, it's not just instruction. Um, People in panic. There's no pre, pre, you know, pre-informed, you know. When, when, when there's an emergency, right. this is what you need to do. Um, really simple as that. I mean, not simple, but you, you know, some kind of information. They're not well informed. They're they're there to have fun. We know that. We get it. They're they're there to enjoy their time. They, you know, it's pretty much conditioned white. I hope not. It's conditioned yellow. I hope, but many of us don't know what we're More talking like about. Beer. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna pick up my beer. But you know, I I'm being compassionate about this. Um, you know, but it's just. The things that they don't know, what they don't know. Um, that's so what makes it what so I, what such it, what, a failure. What we, saw there, we saw groups of people that did reasonably more intelligent things. There was one group of people. They ran and they got into a, a basically a, a large container refrigeration system. Right? I saw a that freezer one. System that was I saw there that for one. The food and drinks. Yeah. And they stayed in there for about thirty minutes. Yeah. Until after uh, the shooting had had ceased, and then then they they said they were looking at the the news on their phones to try to get information about whether or not it was safe to come out, and that's that's a fairly intelligent thing to do. However, 
huddling huddling in a in a crowd in the middle of the of the area is not is not a good idea. So as a as a private military contractor and as a military person, we have a saying. It's called "get off the X." Right. Whenever right. you have an, an an IED or an enemy engagement, you get out of the area as fast as you can. Get out. You get don't out. Stay, right. Yeah, you don't, don't stand, stand around. Fight it out. You move. <laughs> you move, especially you move. when you don't have any tool, any any anything to you yeah. know fire back. <laughs> right. Right. So I think what we're saying out loud is that develop emergency disaster. If haven't done that yet, if haven't been established yet, get one in place, you know, right. emergency disaster preparedness plan, which includes evacuation routes, where to go, what to do. Um, like you said, also, uh, we, we, we talk about this presentation, little pre-presentation before the event even started starts. Um, maybe even consider to arm the 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 security the security staff on the ground with long fire powers maybe in 300 caliber instead of this nine millimeter handguns i saw the police were coming in there with nine millimeter handguns yeah well the most of the police that were inside the event when it happened were from the las vegas metropolitan police department and their bicycle police bicycle motorcycle police. i saw that yeah i saw the so, bicycle and so, then the police right yeah so they just carry handguns Right. Um, and the motorcycle police will occasionally have a shotgun. Uh, really, guys, I think um, that needs to be that needs to be changed. Yeah, it, it has to be reevaluated. Systems have evolved to the point now that you can put a, a gun that can hit out to, to 400, 400 yards um, on a motorcycle. Right. You can, uh, I think, you can now yeah. you can do that with an, an AR-15 platform. that's that's cut down and converted in, in such a way that it can fit onto a bicycle or into a backpack, which is one of the things that, that we do here in Thailand when we're doing diplomatic level security. We have we have guys with M4s and backpacks and they're they're just little shorty M4s down in a down in a backpack and we know we can hit out to to well over four hundred four hundred yards. So I mean, you know, that that this is This is the old the old ways, you know, the nine millimeter handguns. But we've seen so many disasters, or it took so many different places, so many different parts of the country. Um, the 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 enemies are becoming more sophisticated than what we used to know, I guess. And you know, I think we need just need to outsmart them, um, even with the firepower selection. Um, it's just a sad, sad, sad deal. Sad deal. Uh, the more okay. we look at the videos, the more that we look at all how everything went down. It's just, it's just. If if the if the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department had had their designated shooters or sniper teams or observation teams up on higher platforms, and the shooting started, it should have been okay. Look, we're scanning this building over here. We're using forward-looking infrared and thermal imaging. Uh, technology, which I know they have. We see muzzle flashes coming from the Mandalay Bay, 32nd floor. Sniper teams are cleared to engage. Go ahead and engage. And they could have put shots into that window on target and at least put him down or stopped him from firing. Gave, gave him something else to think about. Within five minutes, for sure within five minutes. But they didn't have that set up for some reason. Which to me it just seems extremely odd. After that, we've been doing this for 20 years, 15 to 20 years, we've been doing this uh, 
sporting event security setup. And it is, is it's very far outside of pro- protocol. Even for an mm-hmm. indoor concert, it's very far outside of protocol to not have people looking for uh, shooting positions and people at elevated places that are looking to throw or shoot into the crowd. I think... When you when you mention about the indoor sporting events, I mean you know concerts for namely, it would be a little bit safer because they have the metal detectors you know going through. But even so, this is not what what we're talking about. This is not what how it went down. This particular tragic. I mean, this was a long distance shooting from a higher elevation place. You know, um, yeah. and it was. And there's been there must have been several failures of the Mandalay Bay security team as well, because okay, look, if this guy's got twenty three firearms up in his room, I know, which it's not it's not illegal to do it by right. the way, especially in Las Vegas, it's not illegal and it's probably not outside of outside of uh, the normal things that happen in Las Vegas. People do bring firearms to Las Vegas, and it's perfectly legal, but if you see a guy bringing gun case after gun case or very large bag after very large bag to a hotel room. Uh, you kind of want to say, what are you doing? I don't know how he transported them into the room yet or how they were transported into the room yet, but it just seems very odd very, to me that, yeah, very, very that odd. this guy was able to get all these firearms up into his room. and Not to mention thousands of ammo. <laughs> yeah, thousands of rounds of ammunition. Well, you know, I there's a lot of there's a lot of different theories out there about what's going on. Um, and when I first listened to all the audio in the first within the first few hours, uh, within the first hour of the shooting happening, one of my friends alerted me to it, and I started watching the videos that were coming up as they were coming up on uh, Facebook and YouTube and and everything. Um, the sound of the gunfire alone. It sounded, it didn't sound like one. It did sound, it occasionally sounded like two. And it's definitely not full auto fire. Um, and then what I also noticed is there was, yeah, there was a lot of echo from the, the gunshots reverberating off the other structures in the area. Right. And in, in open desert terrain, sound travels very far, especially if the wind's carrying it. Yes. So a lot of people were saying the gunfire sounded closer than it actually was. Well, yeah, it, it would sound closer than it actually was because if they're firing out the front of a building, all the sound moves forward away from the front of the building instead of going 360 degrees like it normally would if you were firing in an open field. Yeah, so it's true. all the sound's going forward in one direction and the wind's going to carry that sound in a direction, whichever direction it's blowing. So but, it can seem much closer than it actually was. And the bullets Could travel... There have been multiple shooters? Yes. And the bullets travel faster than, than, than the sound, correct? Right. Bullets are traveling faster than the sound. Way faster than the sound. Yeah. So right. that's, that's so the reason the why people don't know where it came hurt. from. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, just, it's just so sad. Yeah. I don't know what's a windage that night. Uh, it's a sad, yeah, sad deal. Yeah, 50 miles an hour. Was it 55? Yeah. 15, 15. 15. 1-5. Oh, okay. 1-5. Yeah. Well, that's more like it. Wind speed was 15 miles an hour, which is still pretty... Pretty, pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah, it's a pretty good speed. Uh, open it's space. It's going to blow your shots off quite a, quite a good distance. You know, at that, it's it's going to move them 20, 26 inches. 
around 20, 26 to 30 inches. Right. But then, I mean, this, this, this guy wasn't aiming at all. I mean, he was just spraying and I'm spraying sure and spraying. looking at the weapons on the photos that he's got, uh, he was aiming. Hmm. Um, he's got he's got an EOTech on one, um, and he's Dude. got uh, he's got some other. I just you know it just doesn't photo. add up. I mean, this this guy came in. I know I'm going back in circle with that. Um, the guy yeah. came in with a bunch of firepower. Nobody seems to. Uh, no one's aware of this. Um, even at at his home, they found another additional nineteen or whatever it was with explosives. Another nineteen guns. Right, you know. in his in his car also, and then he didn't come out from his, his room girl, for a while. His girlfriend didn't know about any of this. Yeah, his brother it, didn't know about any of this. It's very very odd, There's, and very there odd. is a woman that keeps saying um, a warning sign um, before the event yeah, started. Yeah, the, Mexican, the, the Hispanic couple that was yeah, downstairs. that too. Event. And then they saw, you know, the woman that got shot, the woman cop that got shot. I think she got shot, right, on the floor. Um, she saw somebody injured, I think. She saw someone in the, in the uniform, but then seemed yeah, to be like sure part of the bad, the, you know, the bad guys, not the good guys. Yeah, well, the, they said that the police were chasing someone in a security jacket. Right. Uh, at one point. At one point. So, there are uh, a, lot of, in, a lot of missing is, pieces you there. You also have to think about things, some from the police standpoint, is they uh, they don't know who is the good guy and who's the bad guy right. and what te tricks or techniques they're going to use to try and get out of there without being seen. So they, it's perfectly logical for them to assume someone could be wearing a security or police uniform and getting using that to get clear of the area after they've done the shooting. Uh, and and that's a pretty simple tactic to use. So them chasing someone with a security uniform and saying, hey, stop, we got to talk to you for a minute, um, wouldn't be out of, out of line for the police. All right. Any last final thoughts? Because uh, I'm just looking at the time right now. We're almost running out of time. Any final last thoughts yeah. from your my, experience? Yeah, my final thoughts are let's let's see how this unfolds, and I would like to encourage people to investigate things themselves. Do not rely on simply the police investigation or 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 the FBI investigation. Dig for yourselves and come to your own conclusions. And this is what I like about American people. They really do like to investigate things. And they like to share what they investigate on, on the Internet, on social media. I want to encourage that because we cannot simply accept what we are spoon-fed. We, we need to investigate. We need to find out the reasons behind this kind of thing so that we can prevent it from happening. And so we can educate other people on a civilian level of what to look for and how to deal with situations either as they unfold or before they unfold, and even after they've happened. Right? So we need, to, we need to analyze, dissect, we need to dissect and analyze, and then come up with plans for how to prevent things ourselves. I think that's fairly said. That's why we're talking about it right now. You know, as a civilian myself and responsible, you know, person, law-abiding citizen, I guess, and then you, you come from, you're on the, in the field. You're out there, so you, you see a lot of stuff. You've seen a lot of stuff um, as you, um, you know, perform all of these things in your work, line of work, right? Right. 
All right. So, well, okay. Well, thank you for the call. I'm happy to give my thoughts and advice if I can. I think we're going to bring you back again and, um, you know, after we, we hear more information as, you know, these things unravel and, you know, unfold, um, that we get more, you know, hopefully more information about the shooter and, and uh, all of these things and missing pieces that we don't know until today. All right, guys, we are running out of time. Again, I am deeply sad. Yes, I think our heart is broken right now. Just by watching, listening to some sad, sad stories of the survivors and victims, um, they're all affected by this indiscriminating terror attack. In fact, I was just sitting down next to this lady uh, yesterday whose nephew uh, was affected, got shot on the shoulder. He's, he's okay. I mean, he, he's going to be okay, she said, and she was in tears. Um, he's going to be okay. He was in the, he's still in ICU, I think, for the next few days. So many um, returned home without their loved ones that night. It's just a sad, sad, sad deal. So we can only offer hope. We can only offer love and prayers to these people, to the victim, innocent victims. So, all right, please, please, please stay vigilant, stay safe. And signing off, thank you so very much, David Gray, once again for joining us and sharing your expertise. All right. See you soon. God bless. Bye-bye now.